This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Montana's lone congressman won the GOP primary in his bid for a second term Tuesday as ballot counting continued in the race for the state's newly created second seat in the U.S. House. U.S. Representative Matt Rosendale defeated three Republican primary challengers, but former Interior Secretary and U.S. Representative Ryan Zinke is in a tight primary race for the other seat. He's battling former State Senator Al Doc Olchevsky of Kalispell. No votes have been reported from Lincoln, Glacier, and Beaverhead counties by midnight. More on that story in a minute. Zinke is considered an incumbent, de facto incumbent, since he twice won election for the state's then only U.S. House seat before stepping down in 2017 to join the Trump administration as Interior Secretary, a position from which he resigned some years later. Zinke's opponents have drawn attention to his troubled tenure at the Department of Interior, which was marked by multiple ethics investigations. There are also questions about his residency following revelations that his wife declared a house in California as her primary references. There are also inconsistencies about his record as a Navy SEAL. On the Democratic side, attorney Monica Trannell won the Western District primary over public health advocate Cora Neumann and former State Representative Tom Winter. Lincoln County Election Administrator Paula Buff said Wednesday that she expects the hand count of thousands of ballots to take at least until Thursday and possibly longer because some of the ballots aren't the right size. Ballot counting machines that the county uses are unable to process them, and state law requires a hand count of all ballots in that situation. The missized ballots were all absentee ballots. Because the machine could not be used for all ballots, Montana law requires that all ballots be counted by hand. That's according to the Montana Secretary of State. Quote, the law requires the county to tabulate all ballots by machine or to tabulate all ballots by manual count, according to spokesperson Richie Melby. Because the county performed a manual count, Melby says, all ballots must be counted manually. Again, some ballots could not be counted by the machine, thus all ballots will be uniformly hand-counted. Incumbent Justice Ingrid Gustafson and GOP-endorsed James Brown were leading Tuesday night in the race for Montana Supreme Court Justice. Gustafson has just under 92,000 votes. Brown, just under 64,000, with 28 of the precincts fully reporting. First Judicial District Court Judge Mike McMahon was third, with 15% of the vote. The two winners of the race will advance to the November general election. Gustafson has 50% of the vote, Brown 35%, McMahon 14%. The race is supposedly nonpartisan, 
but the Montana Republican Party Executive Board has voted to endorse Brown, as have Republicans U.S. Senator Steve Daines, Governor Greg Gianforti, and Attorney General Austin Knudsen. Gustafson has a bipartisan history on the bench. She was appointed to the bench by Republican Governor Judy Marsh in 2004, appointed to the Supreme Court by Governor Steve Bullock in 2017. She was re-elected to the court in 2018. Incumbent Justice Jim Rice and challenger Bill Dalton were the only candidates to file in the other open seat, so they both advance. As of Tuesday, Rice had 76% of the vote, Dalton had 24%. Plaintiffs in the legal challenge over a new state law that would require transgender Montanans to undergo gender-affirming surgery and petition a court to update their birth certificates have asked a judge to clarify his previous order halting enforcement of the legislation. That comes after the state refused to allow people to make updates to their birth certificates using a form, as was the process before the new law. The state health department then issued an emergency rule that went further than the new law by blocking people from changing their birth certificate in almost all cases. Republicans passed Senate Bill 280 last year to require surgery and a court petition to update a birth certificate. Citing frustration with an administrative rule from a previous administration that allowed people to update their birth certificates using a form at the state health department. A year ago, ACLU of Montana sued the state on behalf of two transgender Montanans over the new law. The plaintiffs in the case said the law puts them at risk of violence and harassment if they could be forced to reveal that they are transgender. In 2021, the Human Rights Campaign said there were 50 fatal attacks on transgender people in the U.S., a record high. The organization reported so far this year there have been 14 fatal attacks. Plaintiffs also say that not all transgender Montanans undergo surgery and that the law meant they'd have to disclose private medical information in court. In April, Billings Judge Michael Moses halted enforcement of the law through a preliminary injunction. In their Tuesday motion, plaintiffs asked Moses to clarify his initial order that they say requires the state to go back to using the 2017 form. They also want the state to use that form, hold various officials in contempt if they don't, and declare the emergency rule unlawful. While the ACLU said Moses' order meant that the state should return to the status quo from before the new law was passed and allow updates through the form, the State Department of Public Health and Human Services disagreed. The ACLU on Wednesday said the state was aptly seeking ways to circumvent returning to the 2017 rules, which are uncomplicated. Akayla Lane, attorney for the ACLU, said the purpose of the law all along was to hurt transgender Montanans. She continued, the court order could not be any clearer and the state should be held accountable for its refusal to comply. 
The proposed constitutional initiative that would cap residential property taxes is not getting any broad support from voters. On Monday, with just 10 days before a signature-gathering deadline, the Montana Secretary of State's office counted just over 1,700 accepted signatures for Constitutional Initiative 121. That's less than 3% of the necessary 60,300-plus. CI 121 supporters say the CI is a cap on residential property taxes. An analysis by the Montana Department of Revenue shows the impacts would vary depending on ensuing action by the Montana legislature, and some residential properties could see increases. Matthew Monforton, an officer with Cap Montana Property Taxes, the committee, says he believes another 10,000 or so signatures might be gathered but have yet to be turned in, but he questioned whether opponents can reach the 60,000 mark. In April, Lee Enterprises reported Republicans and Democrats on the Interim Revenue Committee unanimously voted to oppose CI-121. The decision did not affect the initiative, but it mirrored opposition to it by representatives by numerous statewide organizations who in part argue agricultural land and businesses will end up paying more. Air quality experts say it's getting harder to maintain federal air quality standards in Missoula, and a number of changes are being considered to keep the city's air within regulation. That includes phasing out wood-burning stoves, doing away with oxygenated fuels, dust abatement, and outdoor burning. The city-county air pollution control board currently follows a set of rules it doesn't fit state requirements adopted by Republicans in the 2019 legislature. Some of the proposed changes are intended to bring the rules into compliance, but others are more impactful, including a proposed ban on recreational fires during periods of an air alert or warning. The changes would also phase out oxygenated fuels. Currently, gas stations are required to have 10% ethanol in their gasoline from November through February. The changes would also impact outdoor burning and make it possible for major burners, like the U.S. Forest Service or large landholders, to move vegetation off-site to a curtain burner for a cleaner burning process. The changes would also phase out wood-burning stoves once and for all. To achieve that, the changes would require that a wood stove be removed when a property changes ownership within the regulated area. That includes the city and surrounding areas. The U.S. Senate is expected to approve a bipartisan bill from Montana's John Tester and Kansas's Jerry Moran that would expand health care and benefits for veterans exposed to burn pits overseas. Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill are negotiating behind the scenes to determine how many amendments will be offered to the bipartisan package and how many votes each amendment would need to be added to the bill. Tester, the Democratic chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, told State's Newsroom, He's trying to get a final vote on the package this week, 
although that will depend on how quickly leaders reach an agreement on the amendments. Quote, the problem is we open it up for amendments and it gets pretty wild on both sides. Tester said he hoped only two amendments would be offered to the bill, but he wasn't sure that would be in the final agreement. While conversations are ongoing, Tester said he's hopeful the Senate can quickly send the bill to the House for final approval. Quote, we want to try to get this done. The quicker the better to give certainty, he said. Moran is the panel's top Republican. He said Wednesday he and Tester have agreed on two amendments, but ultimately party leaders will decide how many may come during floor debate. Adding amendments could prolong debate and potentially change the legislation. The bipartisan bill would expand eligibility for VA health care to more than 3.5 million veterans exposed to burn pits since 9-11. It would add 23 illnesses to the list of toxic exposure-related ailments presumed to be related to military service, ending the need for veterans with those conditions to try to prove to the VA that their illnesses were linked to their deployment. The bill has overwhelming bipartisan support in the Senate. Lawmakers voted 86 to 12 on Tuesday to move the process forward. The 12 no votes were all from Republican senators. If you need to hear this report again, Please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Chase Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.